Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. I'm a big advocate of using influencer marketing for your brand, but it has to be the right influencer for you and make sure that it's aligned with your customer, your brand and your brand values. According to Influencer Marketing Hub, for every $1 that a brand spends, the return on investment is nearly $6. So it's definitely something as a brand, if you're not doing that, you should be doing. But you, don't, you, know, you can look at gifted and paid. And also, if you are doing it, do you have enough of your marketing budget attributed to this? So today's podcast is a recording of an Instagram live that I did with Stephanie O'Quigley. And Stephanie is great because she sees both sides of the coin, so to speak. She works for a PR marketing agency in the States, reaching out to influencers, but is also an influencer herself in her own right, very much advocating Irish brands, beauty brands. And so she's able to see both sides about how you approach um, influencers. And we just talk about so much more. We chat about how to decide what's the right influencer for your brand, how to build lasting relationships, the approaching influencers, so the do's and the don'ts when it comes to that. We talk about gifting versus paid and so much more. So I hope you enjoy and let's get straight to it. Basically, I mean, I have don't have as much experience as you do, but I've been working in public relations and influencer marketing for about 10 years now. Um, and anybody that has joined from my page knows I'm an influencer as well myself. Yeah. Um, and work are always kind of surprised to hear that so I always see I've always seen two sides to the coin um, I've been asked to contribute to some media pieces as an influencer or and then I've also pitched media pieces so I always feel like I get, get a great insight on two different sides to the both media and influencers um, and I have kind of specialized a little bit more in influencer marketing over the last like year or 18 months um, that I've been in the US. So um, yeah, I, have, I feel like I have a really good insight. And I don't think anybody's an expert in this uh, category because it's just so unregulated. Yeah. Uh, not as if, you know, you can, there's like a Michelin star chef that you could be like, it's, it's really unregulated at this point. And it's, you know, something that is definitely still um, being molded and evolving. Um, but I have been able to work with um, really big brands, really small brands and, um, you know, be uh, kind of take um, my own piece of the pie in, in, in the influencer space. And have you seen more and more brands embrace influencer marketing in the last year? Like, have you seen it grow or do you, in, in your experience and what you've been doing? I think um, maybe not necessarily growth because I'm not so privy to, um, you know, the overall kind of industry. I don't know a lot of many people that work in the in the space. Um, what I will say is I think brands are more savvy and I think it's been more understood by brands and um, kind of maybe, you know, at the time you might have an old school CEO who's like, what the hell, we're not invest investing like a, a million dollars into an influencer budget this year. And now they're coming around to it and saying, yes, 
seen it. So I think the proof is in the pudding, like all across the last number of years. And I think people who are um, a little bit more old school or traditional in their in their approach to um, media spend are becoming more open to, you know, spending it on influencers. Great. So let's get started then. And if you're just joining, we are going to be talking about working with influencers, where to find them, the do's and don'ts of when you approach them. And um, so to, to start off, what should people think about when they're deciding on who are the right influencers for them and their brand? Um, it's really about brand alignment. Um, and like, okay, what does that mean? Um, but it's, it's, it's really about a bespoke approach to seeking out the perfect influencer for you. Um, and that's where the growth of nano and micro influencers has come into play because you will see so many brand like big brands like Neutrogena or Apple or some, well, Apple doesn't mm-hmm. do it, but some, some big brand like that, that are, into an influencer who has 20, 30, 40K. Um, and that is because there's a brand alignment there, but there's also a lot of engagement on those influencer levels that don't have, you know, half a million followers. So when you're go as a brand, when you're reaching out or you're thinking about in, investing in, in influencer marketing or you want an influencer partner or just one brand ambassador, it's really important to look at, to, to, to not just be... Um, you know, taking the numbers into consideration, but taking the brand alignment into consideration. So does this person align with the brand values? Does this person speak the way we want to, we speak as a brand? Does Mm -hmm. this bring value to us in terms of, you know, the right audience and the right demographic and the right way of speaking about brands and you know maybe this person has a history of talking about products that are similar to yours and things like that. So that might mean three influencers who have 20,000 followers each, or it might be the perfect person who has 600,000 Instagram followers and they're, they've just got this insane engagement. They've been killing it and they're perfect for your brand. So you have to take away the, the number factor and yes. engagement is important. I know we'll talk about that in a little, in a little bit, but you take away the fact of how many followers they have and look at how much they align with your brand. And I think, like you said about in terms of the brand alignment, it's before you approach them really understanding who your own brand is and your own customer is and making sure that the influencer that you're going to approach, you may not um, be aligned with them personally, but if your customers are and your brand are, that's so it's like knowing who your customers follow, knowing where your customers hang out and who they are going to be going to have that alignment with and that kind of relationship with as well, I think in terms of, so it makes sense that your brand is speaking to them yeah and anybody you know anybody who's who's launched their own brand is and you know this from from working with so many brands knows their brand so well they don't mm-hmm. know, they don't know they don't know it themselves like they're like you know they they've just they're eat sleep and breathing their brand so they're the best person to say yeah that person aligns with us or you know no that person doesn't necessarily align with us so don't be afraid to like get into the content and get into nitty-gritty nitty rather than just like hiring somebody to you know pick out based on like engagement rates or something like that and what's the best way to find the right influences for your brand um I would say, I mean, maybe I'm not like overly savvy, but any time that I've worked on big influencer marketing campaigns, it's either influencers that have worked in the past, um, that have either performed in the past or that I have a good relationship with, 
or just getting onto Instagram and getting onto TikTok and finding the right person through hashtags, through, you know, following similar accounts. But yeah. I, anybody who's in the influencer marketing space, and I got asked this question like recently, if you're in working in influencer marketing and a brand comes along to you and says, oh, you know, we're launching a campaign about like bed linen and, you know, we want to, this is the best bed linen ever. And like, we want to influence to align you as an influencer marketing professional and as a publicist should have a good idea in your head, a Rolodex in your head of like, okay, I think this person would work. Oh God. Okay. She wants a male. Okay. You know, it's, it's a more of a male audience or it's, you know, it's, an, it's an older audience because the product's more expensive mm-hmm. and by being in it, like you have to like eat, sleep and breathe like Instagram and influencers to know, to be able to have that on, um, you know, on your radar. So I think if you are a brand founder, and this is what I will say is if you're a brand founder and you feel like you're not, you know, up to date or savvy or really interested in social media and that's okay, hire somebody like me who has <laughs> obsessed with it, you know, like maybe not me, but like somebody like me who's really obsessed with it um, and who's going to be able to say, get really excited and bring the right pe- person to, you know, to you and let you decide. And for people, if you want to ask any comments, I'm going to be making a note of them as we go along. Um, and then we, I'll, get, I'll ask Stephanie them as well. So make sure that you have your answers coming in the comments. So, so we covered in terms of what you should think about when you're approaching your influence, when you are looking for your influences. So with that initial outreach and approach, what are the do's and don'ts? And I suppose you, and like you said, you can answer that from both sides of the coin because you've been, you will have been approached yourself as an influencer as well as approaching influencers. So what are the do's and don'ts with that? Yeah, so I've gotten pitched by brands who want to send me stuff or, you know, work with me. And then I've also pitched influencers like cold outreach um, on behalf of the brands that I work for. Um, so from that, from that learning and from doing that over the last, you know, 10 years, um, I would say the biggest factor, and I was thinking a little bit about this before we jump on, but the biggest factor is to make it personalized. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to just do like a blanket outreach and the same, you know, sentence to everybody. You want to say, Hey, like, um, I know you're really into fitness and, you know, you could like our new, you know, sports strength that we've just launched. And maybe it's something that you'll take on your runs with you and, you know, you'll do X, Y, and Z. And that will start building up that brand affinity, right? They'll say, Oh, like that person knows that I go on my runs and they know that they know I like fitness. Like I, for example, I don't drink alcohol. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's not, I've never drank alcohol. So it's not like something that I've decided in the last year and I'll get brands reaching out to me for partnerships on, um, with alcohol. And there's a highlight on my Instagram that's saying like sober and it has like a wine glass with it. <laughs> So it's kind of like even if I wasn't fully sober, it's kind of it's it's almost like a thing where well she doesn't really she's not obviously really into alcohol. There's something there, so maybe don't reach out to her. Yeah. So personal in your outreach is really really important. And I seen a comment there, um, about you know you'll we'll send out a product and the person will talk about it once and they won't talk about it again. That's where the relationship comes into play. Building out that relationship from the get go, from the first touch point, mm-hmm. and then. To, like continuing to build it hey how did you like the products like yeah. what, what did you not like or what did you like like take like be open to take all the feedback from them because nine times out of ten if an influencer likes your product and you're after send them to it to them for free and I'm talking like a baby influencer versus like an a-list celebrity which I've worked on 
gifted like a p- person you've seen in Hollywood movies and they posted for free just because they like the product. Yeah. So if they really like the product and they like the person who they've engaged with from the brand, nine times out of 10, they're going to just keep mentioning it or make it part of their life, you know? Um, and unfortunately, and I've worked with a lot of brand founders, it's hard to, to, to accept that maybe somebody doesn't feel product is a fit for them you know and that's something that is um sometimes true and you know sometimes very hard to to accept when you're working with them brand founders but i think like you said if you are aware of them and what they're doing then you'll have more an idea of you know what is going to be the right fit and if they're not the right fit then that's absolutely fine and just finding the next you know another influencer that does fit and is aligned with your brand and is going to post with for it as well so um creating the relationship and keeping the relationship going is is one what about some others um so what throw back the initial question just so i can make sure the do's and don'ts of when you're reaching out do's and don'ts yeah so i would say don't give it all away in in the initial outreach and even so for example if it's a paid campaign or if it's just a gifted thing that you want to gift them so your initial outreach is going to be like hey um, you know, I know that you're really into it. This is the brand that what we what we do um, would love to partner in some way. What are your thoughts? Leave it really open. Don't give it away. And especially, especially if it's a paid partnership, you really don't want to be like, this is their budget. This is all we're going to pay you. Like, yeah. this, is the, this is what we need from you. And this is what you need from us. And da, 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 da. Like, you really want to just make it a conversation because even if you have money to spend, it doesn't mean they're going to, you say, jump how high you know the, the... I would say it's kind of like say if you were going on a date and you really fancy the person you're not gonna you know in your head you might be thinking I want their babies I want to get married but you're not gonna say it on the first date because you just like completely scare them away they're like who the hell no way <laughs> exactly exactly so you know and I've it's it's amazing like I've had influencers who found ten ten thousand dollars for an Instagram post mm-hmm. and I'm my colleagues and I'm going how does that person turn down? I want to be in. I want to be in, in that position. In, in, yeah, <laughs> where I turn down ten grand, you know, to post on Instagram. Like, but it's really like you have to put yourself in their shoes, and that's you know what I've been able to do because I am an influencer on a you know a very small scale. But to say, okay, their audience and their audience engagement is their bread and butter. Like mm-hmm. that's. All- have and if they don't have that engagement or if they lose trust in their audience by posting about your brand that's not really aligned with them or it's kind of like it's not really fully 100% they're going to start to lose that and if they they, if they do that too many times they're going to lose the value of their audience that they've spent all their life building up you know and so that's really what what it why it's important to make sure that there's again alignment there and but also not thinking that just because you have money you know that they'll they'll jump as high as you say and so I think just kind of you know like if you're going on a date like just to be kind of you know preface things at the start and and test the waters and see what they come back with and then you can lead on the conversation from there and the downside to that is it takes a lot of time but Mm -hmm. you'll 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 have more valuable influencer relationships and not only that is if they turn it down you'll get feedback as to why because they you know they're they appreciate your your conversation and is the the, that initial outreach is it different in terms of how you frame it when it's paid versus not paid like should you say very much in the initial that you'd like to gift um you know versus or or would you say that you'd like if you want to gift would you say very much in that initial 
outreach that you want to give them something versus if you want to if you're going to pay them that you say I'd love to pay you to do some products even though you're not talking about amount or anything like that just so that they know what they're looking at gifted or paid yeah I think a hundred percent you want to be straight up front um like you know we love your work and um, we'd love to send you a gift if that's something you're open to um, because it just saves everyone t everyone's time and like with nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten you're going to get a response being like what's your budget you know and mm -hmm. um, so to just to avoid that and you'll be surprised at how many people actually accept gifts again if it's a, if it's a product that they feel is aligned with their audience that's where you're going to have the most success um, because A, it could lead, lead into something down the road. Um, you know, it could be something that like they want to test out and they want you to see. Mm -hmm. and part of their job as well, you know, is to test out products and to see maybe it's a, a skincare product that they need to try for three months, you know, and they don't want to just, or maybe it's a, you know, a, um, you know, a shapewear brand. They want to feel how that feels on their body and, and if it's something that they really want to talk about. So oftentimes reaching out as, as a gift is a conversation opener. It's not just like, we want something for free. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, look, I want to send you this gift and, and just to be upfront, I want to send you this gift. There's no expectations here to post. There's no expectations of deliverables. You know, is this something you're open to? We don't right now, but that's not off the table, you know, six months or 12 months down the line. And when you said that it takes a bit of time, if you were starting a brand, how far in advance would you start engaging with the influencer that you would like to, to gift to or pay? Um, you mean before the brand is actually launched? Yes, yeah, so say you might plan in launching in May and you're building up, you're, you know, you're talking on Instagram, you've got your branding done, but you know that it's not going to sober. Say we're in January, the, you're, you're thinking, right, I'm going to launch my, my brand in May when would you say start engaging? I would say it's a and I mean more not necessarily the outreach I mean more like the liking the commenting like building that kind of making them see you or be, maybe mean that you're being visible and you're in their feed. Yeah well first of all I think that's an awesome idea just to do in general in in in, in terms of actual PR and marketing and influencer marketing to start to get people excited about your brand before it's actually launched is really a really good um, strategy. Um, I would say if it's a product, say, and I'm speaking because I've worked in beauty for so long, but if it's a beauty product that needs your product recommendation, say, you know, you'll see results in three months or you'll see results in two months, I would work it on that timeline to say, mm -hmm. hey, launching in, in, in three months and um, we'd love, love to send you the product beforehand. It launched on X the 1st of May um, and we're, you know, we're building up an audience now. We'd love to send it out. We'd love your feedback. And I've been, I've actually worked closely with a brand recently that's done that. And it's really, really cool because you get to see the behind the scenes of the product and you get to really know people who are starting the brand and the struggles that they have. And your feedback as an influencer as the tastemaker is really important and a you'll give the, the influencers you'll make them feel special right because they're getting something before the, the the general public gets it and that's what you really want to do as well that's again going towards your relationship building and b you'll have content and feedback to you know you'll have that and that's an asset before you actually launch or in time with your actual launch so especially if it's a paid thing you want to obviously get it started so that it, it lands on the, the day that you launch but if it's mm -hmm. 
testing and if it's people trying out your product i would definitely say three to six months depending on the product the actual product itself um and how long it gets somebody so how long it takes for somebody to become affiliated with it and i suppose that was more about thinking about them you engaging with them even just from a liking commenting and sharing their posts even when you're not ready to approach them yet you know, I would say try and do that as soon as you can. So even if you're not directly speaking to them about your products, but you're just so that when you do, it's not a cold call. Exactly. So personal out, personalize it, be upfront, whether it's paid or, or gifted. Anything else that you think that from the do's and don'ts of that? Um, no, I mean, I would say don't stalk them. Yeah. <laughs> that really mean um I would just say give people the time and give them the space to try your product and be genuine and um you really 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 can't expect anybody to post about your product or to you know talk positively about your product unless it's paid um and, and they might say hey it's not actually for me you know we we don't want to sign any contracts and we don't want to move forward whatever and I've had that happen as well um so you really want you don't want to stalk them you want to give them the space and time to try out the product to become you know familiar with it and decide what they how they feel towards it and you want to you know and if you're checking in with somebody who you've sent product to or you've you know you've touched base with before you can say something very light in general um especially if it's gifted and um, you know how how's it going would love your feedback you know positive or negative any insight is really helpful for us um and any anything that you get from them is is a, is like gold you know because it's it's true authentic feedback and it's unpaid and it's from somebody who's tried a lot of products mm-hmm. and is exposed to a lot of brands so it, you can say that it's you know it's almost more valuable than just like a regular customer who you know doesn't try as many products on their day-to-day and one of the comments that came through there was in terms of if you're looking at influencers how do you decide do you go YouTube people, you know, YouTube influencers, Instagram influencers? Is there, a, is there certain products that are better on one platform than the other? You know, what's your take on that? Um, I think you probably would only have to be very picky in that platform if you're doing it on a very large scale. Because mm-hmm. if API is to do with, um, you know, view like video views if like video views is your goal then of course you're going to want to do instagram reels and you're going to want to do youtube and get rid of like the instagram feed post if it's brand awareness overall you're going to want to work with the influencers who have the most engagement and maybe and maybe an, maybe a celebrity because they're going to bolster brand awareness beyond anything you know you could imagine um so really that like choosing the platform to work on is really dependent on the goals of, of what you want to do. Um, and I think a lot of the brands or smaller brands in my experience, uh, um, their goal is, is sales really. And that usually is, that will, sales will usually happen when there's um, an influencer really high engagement and has, you know, a, a really strong brand itself going back to, what I keep saying about, you know, being aligned with your brand in, yes. in they're the most successful ones. If you're looking at a paid marketing request, how should you structure that? How should you approach that? What can you dictate or should you dictate? You can dictate a good bit, um, but, and you can ask for 
the sun, moon and stars. And you can say, we're willing to pay for the sun, moon and stars. And they might say, cool, yeah, no problem. Like pay my price, This, that's fine. You might have unlimited budget, but they might not be comfortable with you using their photographs in your marketing campaign. Or they might need the $5,000 and they're like, cool, pay me $5,000 and you can use my photo for the rest of the year. Yeah. So you can, you can put out your ask, put out your price and say, you know, we need to, we want to repurpose your content on our marketing um, or we want to use your video in an, in an ad that we have. Um, and this is how much we're willing to pay. And they say, whoa, whoa, like I'm comfortable posting about your brand on my Instagram and talking about it, you know, doing a, a reel and a TikTok and da, da, da. But I don't want any usage here, no matter what you're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think what's the best part and the most exciting part of the partnership, and that's when the influencers put on their business hat, right? And that's why a lot of them have managers because they will have to negotiate that that part of it based on you know what they're really willing to allow they might already have three campaigns out in the out in the world using their face and they might say right this person's paying us half a million but we still can't accept it because I've already three campaigns out there using my face on them and mm-hmm. um, but I think it's it's a it's a cool part of the process because as a brand you can go you can go in with your ask and you can go in with your request and they can come back and say, you know, yay or nay. So that there's always finessing happening there in the negotiation process. Um, and there's always kind of like things that you can say or you can't say in terms like based on, you know, what they're willing to accept. Um, but, I, you know, there's, there's the general things of like, hey, we want like three Instagram posts and you have to say that you have to include this term about our brand or... Um, and then we want, then we want to like, you know, use that Instagram post on our advertising campaign. And then we don't want you to talk about any um, lipsticks, you know, for, for three months or six months or, or maybe it's more of a niche thing. Like maybe it's, we don't want you to talk about like any eyelash growth serum for three months or a month or whatever. And they might agree to that or they might push back and say, I'm not willing to do it for three months because, you know, benefit could come along and pay me a million dollars but I'm willing to do it for two months and I won't post about any other you know lash growth serums within two months so there's that beautiful part of the process where there's a lot of negotiations happening and I think that will happen less on a micro influencer level because they don't have as much on the line but like somebody on like who has a hundred thousand followers or more they've more going on they've more to negotiate and they've more they have to protect themselves you know with these partnerships that they go along and they're kind of saying right this is a great brand deal and it's 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 good for my audience but like unless you're you know unless you're Burberry I don't really want to be the face of of your campaign you know and is there a way I mean I don't like you said at the beginning, it is unregulated, so it's a bit difficult to understand the the pay scales because they can be quite varied. But is there a rule of thumb, or do you, you know, when you see an influencer with such any, with say a percentage of engagement or a certain amount of followers, you you know, right, okay, they'll probably be about X per post, or mm-hmm. is, it, is that how? Like, what is the kind of fee rate? There definitely is like a general rule of thumb. Um, and it depends on there's so many variables included in that so an influencer who who has like 200,000 followers who lives who has really high engagement could charge 
maybe two and a half thousand for uh, 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 Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. Let's remind everybody that they're 15 seconds long. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know when was the last, when will I ever get paid two and a half grand for 15 seconds work? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of like the general example that I could give you is to say an Instagram influencer who has 200K, very high engagement is going to get two and a half thousand dollars for three Instagram stories. Okay. That's like a tangible example I can give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, so yeah, like as I work in the industry, I generally know who, what somebody's going to charge. Um, and if they're, if you worked with them before and their rates increased, um, they have a lot to answer for because unless their audience has increased in views or, you know, engagement, and unless they can prove that, you can go, go back and say, well, why are you charging me? You charged me this much last year and it's three months later and why are you charging me, you know, $500 more? Like, you tell me the value that why I should pay that, you know? So they, I mean, the more com- competition out there, the more they can turn down. Um, so there's kind of a general consensus on pricing and based on, you know, the influencer they're following. But then again, I will say like, you'll run into crazy money as a brand. If you really want, if you want an influencer not to post about a competitive brand. So that's called like exclusivity because they're exclusive to your so that's when you'll start to see the numbers rack up because they can charge like crazy numbers for to be exclusive because their argument is they have to turn down other brands. Yeah, to post but Yeah, post yeah. So you have to pay me what I could have earned from your competitor, which might not always be true. Like editor is not really going to knock on come knocking on the door the next day and be like, oh, can you post for us? But they want you to to compensate. Okay. So you're at their mercy if you if you really don't want a competitive brand coming in and, and for them to post. But brands need to remember that it looks bad for an influencer to post about editor, you know, the next day or the next week or the next month. So they need to protect themselves. So mm-hmm. even if they pay for exclusivity, it's unlikely that they will post about a competitor brand because they've just posted about you. And it looks silly on their end. Yeah, it's not good. Like if they're saying one day, this is the best, like you say, eyelash serum ever and then the next day no this is the best eyelash serum ever like you say it 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 questions their authenticity to their own uh you know people that are following them already and what's what's considered a good engagement like percentage wise and where can people find out influencers engagements um so there's not necessarily an industry like there's an industry common like way of getting Engagement, but there's not necessarily like a pure industry standard, like you know, like the tax rates on our our um, pay, you know, um. So there's you can the basic and most common way to get engagement is to add up your likes and your comments on a photo and divide that by the number of followers that the person has, and mm-hmm. um, so the likes. So yeah, so likes and comments would be the engagements on that photo, and you mm-hmm. want to engagements by the rate the number of followers that that person actually has um and that you know again going back to like on a larger scale and I've worked on you know really large influencer campaigns that have like insane money pumped into them and that you want to calculate the percentages and get down to the nitty-gritty numbers like that if you're working on a very big scale and if you're working on that scale you usually have a software to do it for you you know you don't have to well so for brands in general who you know are are looking at this themselves I would say a great way to do like 
you're going to be able to know from looking at an Instagram influencer if they have 10,000 followers and they're getting 23 likes on a photo, it's not really going to look good. And another really great way to tell their engagement is reels, Instagram reels, because mm -hmm. the real, you know, views. Um, and it also accounts for the amount of people who are seeing the content. And it's a great way to see like who's, you know, engaged. And I know Instagram are pushing reels, but it's a great way to see relative to their follower, follower count, how many views they're getting on reels. Um, so that's a great, I like to always look at people's reels as well. And then, you know, if, if it's a, if it's a, um, a brand, if it's a paid partnership, you can go ahead and ask for, tell me who your, where your audience lives, if they live in New York or Chicago or Ireland and tell me, you know, how many views your Instagram story gets. Cause again, you can't fake that. So you're entitled to ask for all of that as a brand if you're working on a paid basis, you know? And um, one question has come through from Aggie from White Bee. She said, I've worked with influencers to build Facebook ad engagement campaigns. They increase their engagement now organic is so low. Is that frowned upon by brands? Aggie, can you explain that question a little bit more? I'm not sure on it. Do you understand that? I'm not very clear on it. Brands, influencer, I work We'll come back to that. You just can you just put it a bit clearer as to to what it is? Yeah, I'm not really I'm not really sure what you're doing and what the question is. We'll come back to it. Aggie, if you yeah, Aggie, if you can clarify that and then we can come back to it. And um and then if you're looking at say if you're looking at gifted versus paid mm -hmm. and you have expensive items. So if say you have something because beauty is great because generally beauty depends on the brand is a lower price point. So it's quite an easy product to gift. Um, but if you're if you've got something and your retail price is 200 pounds and for you and you're starting out as a brand. So, if you know, 10 samples at 200 pounds is a lot of money for you. Um, when should you do gift versus paid then if you're looking at that kind of scenario um i think if you can afford it um i think you know the the yeah the product is going to cost you 200 dollars, but that's just like your your sales are going to be more than the person who's selling a 13 dollar mascara yeah. you know they need to sell like yes they're only giving away a 13 dollar mascara but how like how much money are they going to make three sales of their $13 mascara versus you making on three sales of your $200. Well, what I, what I suppose I mean is because with gifting, there's no guarantee that they're going to um, post. Whereas with paid, you know, they've accepted the payment, they've accepted the, the, the agreement, so they will post. So would you say if you've got an expensive product, go for the, go for the paid over the gifted? Or would you say do a mix of both? I think a mix of both is awesome. Um, I think, like, if that was me and that was my brand, I would go in and I would, again, come back to being who's, like, right for my brand and maybe see, okay, do my numbers. I can gift 10 people this $200 product, right? And you're going to have to incur it into advertising costs at the beginning because you're then you're going to you know it's going to cost you regardless so you're going to be out and you might have not have the brand affinity to build up in order to make those sales from the first round but what you want to do is get the influencers really like you know acquainted with the brand and get them friendly and build up like a little tribe of like people who are going to talk about their product to their mommy group and at the school and yeah. you know 
and they go to the family reunion and they're talking to all the aunties and uncles and you know all this like things that happen word of mouth when you actually genuinely have somebody who likes your brand um i see her question has yeah. popped so influencers will put money behind some of their posts so that their posts are shown more widely and they get more engagement than they would organically do brands ask if all their engagement is organic um that's a really good question. I've never had an influencer um, do that before. Um, and I'm not sure on the back end how that would show on influence on Instagram side. So when you do a when you do a campaign, you'll typically ask for the insights and you'll get to see how many, you know, in on the back end of the influencers back end, like the engagement of the posts and the insights from the influencers account. Um, and I've never seen anything to do with paid or like what's paid and what's not paid. Um, but I would imagine there is some division on Instagram's end of like, you'll have a version that's like paid and then the, the what's associated with the money that you spent is going to be a different type, a different amount of engagement. You'll, it, the, the, to, in order to prove how much they've, they've um, how much engagement you've received for your, the paid that you, the money that you put behind the post, Instagram has to show relative to like, okay, you spent $10, you got 10,000 engagements on it. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that it's, okay, she said the analytics combines it all. I mean, yeah, but do you want to be working with influencers who have to put spend behind their posts in order to increase engagement? That's the only thing I would say. Um, it's never happened to me in terms of like an influencer saying they've done it or us being questionable about it, but it's, it's, it's a thing where, okay, do you want to put spend behind? So you're going to, you're not, the, the brand is not going to know at the end of the day in, you know, in relation to what she's saying that it, Instagram combines it all. But I wouldn't really like to work with an influencer who has to put spend behind it. To they're, both. they're not getting their engagement or their content that they are putting out. That's their own kind of content isn't being shown organically then anyway. Yeah. I see what you mean. And um, are there any other things that, you get asked a lot or that you've come across yourself that you found a really good approach or you know is there anything that's really stuck with you in terms of how someone's approached you or something that you've across come across as the in industry as an influencer that you would want to share or give as a tip to anyone um you mean an approach for influencer marketing in general or just um you know if something if something that you someone has done something or the way that they have approach you or gifted something or how did they present it you know what I mean just something you're like do you know what I don't even know this product yeah it's nice but the way that they've done it I'm definitely going to talk about this or how, you know what I mean <laughs> well I'm still like a micro influencer so like when brands in the past have given me anything that's like personalized it's so cool <laughs> some people find it creepy but I find it like really cool and you know it's still something that people like adapt to like and still something that people include in their campaigns and um, and just on like the note of gifting like in america a lot of brands are kind of looked down upon a little bit now with their gifting because it's become so extravagant mm -hmm. and it's for the environment that um you know i think la mer did this thing where they like brought up this like vert like this cart and they like you know they they opened it up and it was like a boutique that you could like walk into but they like wheeled it up to people's houses and all like, crazy stuff you know but there's a lot to be said for you know all this junk and rubbish and packaging that we're receiving in in into our homes so I think the influencer gifting is you know is something that is not really 
it's kind of you have to kind of keep it cool and calm and you know just kind of slip the product in and use you know biodegradable bags and recycled mm-hmm. paper like that so um I, I don't know I think just anybody who's been like reached out to me personally um on Instagram or you know via email and it's like hey like I know that you know you miss home a lot like here is like a, a t-shirt that's like written in Irish or you know I had a Irish company send me clothing before that said home on the back of it and then it said gra on the front mm-hmm. and that like that's something that like I would have bought myself and you know it's a nice personal touch so I keep saying you know about the, the brand affinity and, and having influences that align but it's so important from a gifting and paid perspective. And do you work with small brands or people starting or are you just are you, are you so do you solely work with the company that you work in New York or can you freelance or not? Um, I do it all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like my, my, um, yeah, I work in New York and, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and five years in New York, but a lot of the brands that I work with, um, are small. Um, <laughs> I love that. And that's actually, um, so funny you say that it's actually my whole argument for my green card is about working with smaller brands, bringing, bringing them into the U S. So that's kind of where I found my, my bread and butter. Um, so yeah, I do, I do it all. And, um, I love to work directly with them, um, you know, CEOs and brand founders and, and things like that. So that's definitely um, what I'm open to right now and for the foreseeable. And so how do people approach you then, Stephanie, if they want to go into the, if they want to break into the US market, how do they approach you to help them do that and to approach influencers for them? Yeah, so it, I mean, just an email, typically, um, again, just a normal email, like these are our struggles, these are what we're trying to achieve and um, I'm pretty direct with people. And if I can't work with them because I've specialized in beauty and tapping into fashion and lifestyle right now and in the last year and a half has been a really big eye opener. Um, but if it's something like music or, you know, tech or something that I can't, I'll, I'll help them point. I usually t- typically help people point them in the right direction of where they can go. So just an Instagram message or an email always goes a long way. Well, thank you very much. If I'll give you a couple of seconds to get any more questions in, if there's any more questions before we wrap it up. And this will be on my um, Instagram Lives saved there so you can watch it back. And thank you very much, Stephanie, for joining me tonight. It's been very lovely to chat to you. And I was thinking of you the other day. I was thinking of you today, actually, because I've just tried, I'm not affiliated with them or anything, but I've just tried a really good non-alcoholic beer called Lucky Saint. I don't know if you've tried it yet, but it is. If you come across it, you should. If you if you like beer, if you like the taste of beer, but you don't want, but usually non-alcoholic beers are fairly crap. But um, this is really, I found this is really or too watery or whatever. But yeah, you should try Lucky Saint. It's really Oh, that reminds me of um, Patty Casey's song. I think it's called Lucky Lucky Sinners or something like that. (laughs) People, I I I don't drink alcohol and I haven't, so it doesn't bother me. But people always ask me, you know, like what's like what do you drink? And you know, what's your favorite like non-alcoholic? I'm like, I just drink water or like Diet Coke or something. But that's a good one to recommend. <laughs> oh, I've another, and there's another one. I'll I'll DM you. It's called Duke's Cordial. It's it's supposed to be like wine, but it's not. And they're like little. They come in little bottles, little bottles you can take with you. They're very good. I'll send you a link to them. There, I like them as well. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much, and it was lovely to chat to you. And good night, everybody. Have a good, oh, actually, there's one question. <laughs> Are hashtags worth it or it's just a mess in the post descriptions? Do we engage Do we engage only with paid promotions, especially after a silent ban? Um, so the hashtags, yes, I will say they're quite important. 
And what you want to do with hashtags is make sure that they are customized to your content. Um, so avoid any general hashtags like happy Christmas or happy Friday or, you know, things like that and, and do more, you know, life in New York or, you know, influencer marketing or whatever. Um, so I'll definitely say that. And I would say not to overdo them and um, just to keep it in the middle space. There's all myths around, you know, going too much, doing too much in, um, hashtags and doing too little. So I would say keep it in the middle. Um, and he said something about, let me see if I can. Something about count. We engage only with paid promotions after a silent ban. I think he might re be referring to if you've been shadow banned. Um, and I think okay. that, yeah. And I think after being shadow banned, you can typically build up your um, brand, your engagement on Instagram, like to where it was pretty quickly. Um, I think it's just one of those glitches in the system that Instagram does, but I don't think it's like the end of the world for people. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to let you get back to your day. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank and you. Yeah, bye-bye. I'm sure you found that episode really useful. So now think about the influencers that you feel are aligned with your brand that you would like to get in touch with. Build that relationship, like, comment and engage on their posts. And I'd love to hear how you get on. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, make sure you do. It's released every Thursday. And I would love if you could leave a review.